Welcome to a new episode of No Ride Around. We are back. We are in here. It is a snowy day in Denver. How perfect that it's a snowy day to cover the topic we're going to cover It is. Today. This is the day that today's episode was built for. It is. And I, uh, I actually drove in here through the snow with a fat bike on the back of the car and gave even more like proof and evidence as to why this conversation is great. Because even though I have a fat bike that's capable, the idea of stepping outside in the snow... In the, it's, it's like 17 degrees right now. It's cold today. It's, it's, cold today. it's a rough one to think about going and doing for training. Now, if it was a group of guys and we're going to go fart around Green Mountain and have fun and like hoot and holler and get coffee and breakfast afterwards, cool. But just for a solo training event, um, the fat bikers of the world, you may not appreciate this, but it is it is not a great training tool. It is a great year-round bike option, but not for training. Yeah, it's uh, it's... And it, in some places, it's just how you ride sometimes. Like I, up in Minnesota, Wisconsin, like that's just, if you want to ride bikes, like fat biking in the snow is just the way. Man, I just got back from the Midwest for Thanksgiving yesterday and we did a group ride on fat bikes on Saturday mm-hmm. um, and Sugar Bottom Bikes, I'll give you guys a shout out. That was the bike shop up there in North Liberty. And they had put up on Strava, they're doing this group ride and my uncle is a part of their group. He does races up there in the winter. And he, he sent it to me, and I, I looked, and it was going to be like a 22-mile route. And at the time, there were only six people signed up because uh, you can sign up on Strava, you know, join the ride. And so I just thought it would be kind of funny because everyone who was signed up was all local. It was, you know, North Liberty, Iowa, Iowa City, Iowa, Solon, Iowa, like all the communities right there. And I was like, how funny to have like a Strava dude from Denver, Colorado pop in there. So yeah. I was like, oh, this would be cool. So I, I registered. Um, it did create a little bit towards the – when the group ride started, people were like, Wait, who's the Colorado guy that has <laughs> some of that attention? But I got there and there were 22 riders. So the fat bike group in the scene is real in that Midwest, upper Midwest, in those cold areas. Like mm-hmm. fat bike is real. And it was fun to do it as a group. Yeah. But again, by yourself. Yeah. So what is, you always package the the topic name so well. Um, what was the, the, the title for this? I mean, I texted to you. I'm more of like a flash in the pan kind of guy. Yeah. You tell me what it was. You it, know, I wrote it to you. It was like... How and when to commit to an indoor training plan. Yes, exactly. It was basically, when do you hang up the outdoor shoes and fully commit? When do you pot commit to the indoor training plan? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Like, when is it that you say, okay, it has finally arrived? Because I think we want to push it off as long as possible, right? Like, as mountain bikers, we want to say, okay, let's let's stay away from this as long as we can. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing, yeah, so... The other part was, of course, we're going to kind of compare and contrast some of the more popular indoor training tools um, to kind of maybe help people outline. Because a big part of indoor training is going to be consistency and committing to it, right? Like once you you need to have the same – it's super easy to commit to, I'm going to ride four days a week outside for two hours a day. That's fun. Right. It's super hard to say I'm going to ride four days a week inside for two hours a day. Yeah. And we're also going to talk about why. Like, why is that indoor seems so much more taxing and so less inspiring to do, at least for me, when you first get onto that bike? There's got to be a lot of visualization going on when you're riding inside to feel inspired by it. Well, and, and even at that, people use that visualization a different way. Like, you talked about, I was asking you the other day, I'm like, how did you do 
a two and a half hour indoor ride because I just did one for an hour and 14 minutes and <laughs> it was terrible. And uh, you said, oh, I, like, I watch a movie. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to give that a shot. So I tried to pull up. I'm watching uh, Pennyworth. Oh, yeah, you told HBO me about Max. it. I haven't watched Dude, it yet. It's freaking so cool. I didn't know Batman's butler smashed so much tail. Like he was just, he was a wrangler of the feline. Like he just crushed it. But oh my God. So I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try what Harley does. So I had a screen up doing my, my Wahoo workout, right? The, the system. And I had another screen playing the episode. And I just, I couldn't pay attention to the episode, like as much as I tried. Mm-hmm. And then we discussed it. You use erg mode. I don't use erg mode. Right. Very hard to zone out when you have to throttle twist your dial, mm-hmm. you know, five left or four shift right a gear. You yeah, know, if you were on a trainer with right. your bike or whatever, yeah. like. And so, um, so I, I couldn't do it. I'm like, holy, you're a gamer though, so you're used to seeing things left, right, and center on your screen, and then hearing one thing, and maybe yeah. your paddle vibrates in your hand. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what you guys do. Yeah. Uh, it's overwhelming to me. I didn't even think about it in that context, but you probably there's probably some correlation there. Oh, for sure, dude. Like if I was a idiot, sorry, uh, I think I'd be better at that. Which we're going to talk about too, because some of these indoor training programs are like video games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So to address the first part is kind of getting to that how and at what point in the season. Um, Yeah. When do you, when do you pack it in? And I think the win has a lot to do with what your goals are for the spring of the upcoming season. Right. So... When do you start? Well, when you need to, if, if slash when you need to start training seriously for the events that you're going to have, you know, maybe even as early as February or March, um, that'll dictate your win. I think, because for me, um, I just, the days, the daylight part got shorter and it started getting colder and I flipped the switch. I just right. pulled the lever. I was yeah, just, you're I, fully in, you're in indoor mode right yeah. now. Uh, With occasionally, you know, like yesterday you hit outside, mm-hmm. but you are, for the most part, if your weekly training plan includes X amount of rides, you're already assuming all X of those are indoors. Yeah. And if I can flip one to outdoor, cool, all the better. But the, the plan that I've committed to is nine hours a week indoors, which is a lot <laughs> indoors. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. I... You know, I still have I've my yearly Strava goal is is been surpassed. So I did what everyone does, and you know, you add to it. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking at my weekly totals, and I'm hitting my weekly total for mileage. And I'm realizing though, as indoor rides increase, the total time ridden is going down. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard. Like getting nine hours indoors is akin to I would argue twelve to thirteen hours outdoors. Total time. Because when you track your riding time and you're doing an outdoor ride, that total time for training in in Strava anyway starts the moment you hit start. Mm -hmm. So that includes the time where you're tooling around in the parking lot, you do the ride, then people meet up, and then you do this, and you do that, and you have a little short period, you have a descent that's really long but doesn't require pedaling. So just in general, the ride duration is longer. Um, The amount of time you're... In the activity. In the activity. Yeah. Yep. And so I watch that like load up and I go, oh man, it's just so much easier to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's if you, you know, if you're, if there was some way to have your power meter, like if you rode with power 
and you could have your ride time stop every time you were off the pedals, like off the power. Yeah, like it only used normalized power and then addressed that to time. Yeah. So it only used normalized time. That would probably get like your three hour ride maybe is two and a half hours of actual, you know, 215 of actual pedaling. Right. But indoors, you just pedal for two hours. Two hours of pedaling is two hours of pedaling. Yeah, it's it's a one to one. Yeah, uh, I've tried coasting on my indoor bike, and <laughs> it doesn't work out well. Um, I've also oh, you've got yours is you got the stages bike, which is uh, it's like a track bike. Yeah, like it's it, fixed. Yeah, it's fixed gear. Yeah, if I go to coast, I I subsequently smash my genitals into the handlebar at a, <laughs> at a fast rate of speed, <laughs> which is not cool at all. Um, okay, so flipping the switch. When do you do it? You said. You were able to flip your switch just because of daylight and, and really accessibility mm-hmm. is what changed. For me, the time that I switch to indoor riding is when my current outdoor season is over. And the reason I say that is because it's no secret on the podcast we've covered that I've done a monthly event each, uh, each month of the year I race all year long to try to stay in the zone. But I also have some luxuries that, you know, normal people schedules don't allow, right? Like now I no longer have a brick and mortar, which gives me more flexibility than you have. I no longer have the same demands. Um, Business-wise, I can kind of do it anywhere so I can go to Arizona or I can go you know, to other places. But ignoring all of those benefits, when my current race season is over, I now have the ability to do the work that pulls me away from race-ready fitness. So my last individual race was in November, Austin Rattler, right? And now we, we have a race coming up next week in Arizona, but it's a team race. It's not an individual race. Not that it is not important to me, but um, I'm going to be running one hour laps. Like I can do that, right? I have the fitness for that. So now that my in-season racing is done on an individual level, I can basically go to the weight room. Right, I can tear down muscle. I can get super sore. I can beat myself up. I can get out of race form and go back to work mode. And I equate indoor riding to gym work. And I think it really helps package this whole episode when you think about when and why to do indoor training. Because there's no coasting. Because you're typically picking scripted workouts that have a specific purpose, right? Sweet spot work, threshold work, building your FTP, things of that nature they'll have a lot of intensity to them that you don't find in a normal outdoor ride, racing notwithstanding. Mm-hmm. So the other day I did these uh, aerobic capacity intervals where I'm moving from 40 seconds at 150 watts to 20 seconds at 540 watts 16 times in a row. And I was in the middle of them like, there is absolutely no time in my life that I've ever done this on a bike outside riding a mountain bike trail or, or anything. Cause it's, it's just, it just doesn't come at you that way. So you're doing these repeated sets, much like you'd be doing weighted squats, weighted lunges, things in the gym where I'm trying to develop a skill or an ability or a level of strength with this hyper intense focused work that I can't do outside or very hard to replicate mm-hmm. or most people won't be able to do outside. So for me, when do I go to indoor training? When I'm ready to get back to gym work, mm-hmm. I'm ready to beat myself up and say, Hey, let's level up which is going to require breaking yourself down. Yeah. That's when indoor training becomes a real deal for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm tracking that, that mentality for post dawn to dusk yeah. right now. 
my philosophy on my weekly indoor training has been an opportunity to keep the energy systems that are really good. Like my endurance tempo and sweet spot is really good. Um, but all the races this year have been six hour days. Right. So you're transitioning to this one hour. I've been doing a lot of my work has been trying to build that, that top end out. Right. So with a good coach or just the knowledge of how to, uh, event over event, um, say, Hey, I can, I can keep this amount of fitness. I can keep that sharp. I can keep it where it needs to be. I'm not trying to build FTP right now, but I do know that I'm going to do three basically max hour laps or max effort laps at, uh, at dawn to dusk. And so having not done really any top end threshold or VO two or sprint work, well, let me do that because that system builds pretty quick. Right. Yeah. So yeah, you're very. You were still. So I think we are two ends of the spectrum. Yeah. You use indoor riding as a replacement for riding outside. Mm-hmm. So it's a kind of an all all in deal. Like I watched you do. You do endurance rides indoors. You do recovery rides indoors. You do. You know. And so you're you're just it's a full one to one replacement. In the way I use indoor riding is as a specific, almost like gym work. Like mm-hmm. it's a training event. It's not replacing all of my outdoor riding because you'll see I still ride oh, yeah. outdoors quite a bit. Um, all of my base work, endurance work, recovery work is still done outside, uh, but it's those gym efforts. And so we're just, we use it differently. Yeah. Um, to your point, the way you're using it to replicate training for Dawn to Dust, did you see what Ryan did last Dude, Friday I saw it. <laughs> or two Fridays ago? So he did, uh, and we had talked about this, right? So yeah. he did a one hour indoor basically threshold workout uh-huh. at 9 a.m. and then one at noon and then one at like 3.30 p.m. Yeah. He was directly replicating what it's going to look like to do these three max hour yeah. laps. Yep, yep. Uh, he, he must have the day off is what it looked like. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I thought about doing that. I was wondering if that – Yeah. If I can squeeze that in, maybe I will this week. Yeah, that would be a fun way to do it. Also, you know, and for those of you that are kind of confused on what we're doing, we're doing a 12-hour team race event here. Uh, next weekend in Fountain Hills, Arizona. So it's a 16 mile course, and the expectation is to get as close to an hour lap as possible, which means you're you're humping it. It's an yeah. hour at threshold. I mean, you got to average 16 miles an hour in the dirt. In the dirt, and it's not for, um, for a flat hour, right? It's not an undul. It's not a course that has a big climb, big descent. It's pretty low elevation change throughout the course, which means a lot of pedaling. Yeah. You know that doesn't. So many of us Colorado people think. Oh, there's no big climbs. It's not, dude. It's gonna be way harder. Like, go climb Wilcott Mountain and then turn around and rip down. That's an hour, and you've covered a lot of ground. Go sit on an indoor bike for an hour, and you realize, like, man, pedaling for an hour is a lot harder. And that's what the course is. It yep. is mashing yeah. for an hour. I looked at it because it's like an eight mile, nine hundred foot, air quotes climb, basically. Yeah. Like it's up and then it is it it trends up and then it trends down. Uh, you're pedaling up the whole time uh-huh. and on the way down you probably have to pedal you pedal i did it in uh, probably pedal at 20 miles an hour instead of yeah. 12 miles an hour so it's my four this will be my fourth year doing this fourth fourth consecutive year the first year i did it on a single speed and i was i was losing time on the second half of the course which is the trending down because i could i was maxed out with my pedal mm-hmm. and i was running a 34 17 so i was running a, a big year a, a burly single speed gear and so I'm maxed out at about 20 miles an hour 
give or take, pedaling like fast cadence pedals. The following year, I did it on a geared bike, and I was pedaling that same section at 23. Mm-hmm. Now, when people talk about this course, they'll say, is it technical? It seems pretty boring. But 23 miles an hour, pedaling speed, mm-hmm. single track in the desert, weaving in and out of saguaros and choya cactus yeah. is a ball of fun. Yeah. Like it is, it is so much fun, so high consequence, mm-hmm. right? Like if you come oh, yeah. off the trail. Dude, I, I so I have been... A lot of my training, and this is where the visualization, visual, visualization, there's yeah. the word, uh, comes in, is I've been doing my training rides with the no ride around video of the lap. Of the course, So yeah. I've been doing my one hour efforts with you guys. And there's like, there's a, a, a section where Jeff Murphy goes, like he's in front of you and he goes, like cuts this corner and... The only people that knew how close he was to the cactus that he almost like took out with his shoulder was the camera, you, and anybody else that watched that video. Because, I mean, <laughs> it is close, dude. Close. It's crazy. When you get down to Arizona riding, it's crazy how close you are to some stuff that can really mess you up. It make you a bad day. But then you don't ever hit it. Yeah. Right? I um, kind of random this just jumped in my, be- my head, but I drove. I did a straight drive 12 hours from Iowa yesterday. Yeah. And there was an oversized load. Someone was like transporting a house. So it was on one of those flatbeds and it's got the whole like pace car and follow car and all that stuff. And, but when you pass it, the, the house is hanging into the lane like that you're in, right? Because yeah. it's yeah, just, yeah. it's huge. It's oversized. And I'm passing it. It's on these giant like steel I-beams that the house is laying on. And, you know, we're going 85 miles an hour and I'm, I'm four inches from a steel I-beam. <sighs> and I just remember looking over me like, wow, we just, have all the faith in the world that everything is just going to continue like to work. Just, nobody's going to jerk the wheel. Yeah, like this, <laughs> you know, like you're one wheel jerk away from dying. Uh, kind of like the whole time yeah. you're on the road, and that's what Arizona single track riding yeah. is like. Like if you go, oh, that's a really cool bird of prey, and whip your head. See ya. Yeah, yeah, it's bad it's news. Funny, but uh, all right. Well, let's focus back up. Um, so how and so the how I think is a big part of this too. Because we we got win right like win is kind of an individual thing and how are you going to use it are you going to use it as a gym tool are you going to use it as a replacement for your bike rides those are really kind of the two scenarios yep. I mean I can't really imagine uh, there's probably some in between I would say the third would be like a social aspect because sure there the is winter, a lot of social stuff the winter months will have you tunnel mm-hmm. right um, it's already a solo sport but at least we get to see friends at the start of the ride and at the end of the ride yeah or you get to see people that you don't know but at least out on a ride or you're at races which that's the that's your people right it's our people but when you're in your you know most people have them set up in their garage mm-hmm. right now there's no shortage of photos that people post of their indoor dojo, swept yeah. in, yeah. pain cave, yeah. suffer center, whatever. Uh, but it's alone. And so I think the third aspect would be the social piece. If you have a spin studio or a cycling studio mm-hmm. that you can go to. Or even, I mean, the a lot of these apps have built in social uh, aspects. You know, the, you know, we'll talk about probably the two most popular, I think, are, are going to be Trainer Road and Zwift or, or definitely like top tier, most popular people generally use one of those two. Yep. Um, Zwift is built almost purely around a uh, social aspect to a certain degree. Yeah. Uh, and it'll be fun to get your perspective on that because see, when you say that that's a social aspect, I still see somebody like by themselves half naked in their basement or their garage alone. And they're just 
virtually communicating. It's it's an introvert social aspect, right? <laughs> and you and that, back to the gaming aspect. Yeah. I know you. I know mm-hmm. that you guys will do that when mm-hmm. you when you game. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I don't have any understanding of yeah. that. Yeah, so yeah. to me, it still seems like you're still alone. Yeah, like when I was alone in the desert all all winter, and I called my wife on the phone. Like that was nice, but it's not as if we had some like super like we didn't yeah. bond. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's that is a weird thing because uh, I do have. Uh, specifically some friends back home that we purely interact online playing video games with like headsets on. Like, yeah. That's, and it's a and genuine they're, relationship they're for you. Like some of my close, I mean, there's you, there's Colin, there's my friend Brian, and then kind of these two other guys as like, like the real, like the inner, inner, inner circle yeah. and they're real genuine relationships. So I think maybe there's just a, there can be a delta there of like what your experience is with interacting pe- with people online. Well, I think the benefit with this Zwift world was what we're going to probably talk about with mm-hmm. these social aspects, group rides, meetups, teams. Yep. yep. Uh, is that you have to be pedaling a bike to kind of be a part of this thing. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get the like freaky basement guy who's artificially <laughs> no. acting like he's no, somebody else. No. Like this isn't a yeah. catfish situation. No, no. Um, and then. Uh, Trainer Road does have a, a, a group ride with basically a Zoom meeting component um, where it's a you can see everybody's faces on a screen. Somebody manages the ride. It's actually pretty cool. I haven't done it a lot, but um, it's kind of fun because you can see every you, they have all your powers displayed, and it it's probably the next best thing to going to like E three for a, a a cycle or something like that where you're actually with people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, okay. So how, how do you do it? Um, I will say this, if you don't have like a greater understanding globally of what your goals are and how to structure your fitness program, then if you're going to commit to indoor riding, either as a gym use, the way that I do it, gym, like a training session use, or as a complete supplement, the way you use it or replacement, you need a plan Mm -hmm. because there is, there are so many rides in the, the libraries that these platforms have are massive and exhaustive. And it's like, how do I know how to pick which? Mm-hmm. And most people without a plan would then just go and pick, oh, that's a hard hour. Mm-hmm. And there's no shortage of hard hours out there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I'll argue that of all of these Peloton with, with the Peloton app itself, not using a Peloton and then patching in the other services, which you can do, but just doing Peloton workouts, like a one hour spin class is not, is not going to necessarily help you level up next year because you're just going out there and doing kind of the same repeated like one hour, one hour, one hour, one hour. So having a plan that has a goal, I think is the number one way on how to use these indoor softwares. Okay. Um, I will counterpoint that just a little bit because we spend so much time around trained people, right? Okay. Like you race in the pro category. We, you ride and race with Ryan and Elander and Chad and countless other top level athletes um, that need a highly tuned training approach because they've already tuned the four banger. Yep. Yeah. They're maxed, within, out, they're maxed, out, they're maxed yeah. out the Civic. And so I would say that a bigger portion of the population committing to that level of a plan can feel daunting 
So I think if they can commit to an amount of time per week, say three hours a week uh, indoors, uh, when basically we have a, a, a customer who's also a neighbor of the shop lives right behind the, right, right behind the store. When it gets like cold, snowy, his riding season just ends. He's done. It doesn't, he doesn't do anything. And then skis, he's, snowboards. Nope. Wow. He's done. Dad's it. He's full dad mode. Um, and so I think there's a lot of people like that. Like once it, they're just, they're not going to view fitness and cycling the way a group of racers are. Um, yeah. But he's still, and then, you know, February, March, April rolls around. He's chasing fitness. Right. He's just, he feels like he went back to zero, maybe below zero, depending on. How many cookies? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think if, I think a better how, again, for the lion's share of people, I'd say 75% of the cycling population is to just say, I'm going to commit to this many hours a week, one to five, whatever it is. And I'm going to commit to not getting distracted while I'm on the bike. Right? Like I'm going to say it's a focused hour. It's a focused hour and a half, whatever it is. I'm going to sweat. I'm not going to check my text messages. Um, I'm not going to get distracted. I'm not going to get off the bike to go let the dog out. I'm going to, you know, and tell my, my cohabitants like, Hey, I'm checked out for an hour. I think that's a better how probably because if you don't know what you don't know, picking one of these training, you don't know what your goals are. Right. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. Um, you would be the best mayor. Because you are a man of the people. <laughs> like, really. Because I think you are. I think you're talking to a lot of people in general who yeah. go, man, yeah, I have never really done it. And how do I do it? And you just made it super approachable. Yeah. Which I think it is. It the is. The way you've offered it up. Um, I've also been doing the coaching people to reach their maximum <laughs> potential. Yeah. Uh, and we used to run, I used to run, We I, I used to run this report every month at E3. And if you came less than eight times in the month, I would send you an email, personal email being like, Hey, like it's super cool that you're showing up eight times a month. That's like twice a week. Most people would be pretty jacked about that. But in all actuality, if you wanted any change to muscle mass or body fat or breach any sort of fitness or health level goals, like eight times a month, ain't going to cut it. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it's just simply, it just simply doesn't. And most of the time it equated to somebody being more committed moving forward. Sometimes it equated to somebody canceling their membership. <laughs> and so it was one of those, the business person wouldn't do this report, but the coach would. And right. that's always what I committed to being first was the coach. And if you say, hey, in these off, in this off season, if you just keep three hours a week, is that better than zero hours a week? I mean, it'd be hard to argue it's not. Like, yeah, I'm sure you're three hours a week by the end of the winter time. Yeah, he's done more. Uh but did he really reach his potential? You know, if you're somebody who rides seven hours a week, eight hours a week when it's warm out and accessible, mm-hmm. and then you hit these winter months and you drop down to three hours a week, you're still going to lose fitness, I promise you. And you're still chasing fitness come warm weather time. Yeah. And so I think the benefit of this these software programs is that they do provide the the plans to let you stay as consistent. And if you were hedging out the time in your schedule, uh, wedging out the time in your schedule when it was warm out, that means that it's still available when it's cold out. You just have to pivot where you put that, where you, where you put that time. Yeah. And so 
I would argue again, like to counter your counter, I would say, hey, still pick a plan. What is the right plan? Yeah. Without well, a coach or without insight, how do you know which one to pick? But they're all going to help your central sure. fitness. Yeah. You may not have a specific like FTP-based goal or endurance-based goal or whatever, but in terms of general, like, just central fitness, like, hey, I don't want to be as fat and slow in the spring as I was last spring, close your eyes. Yeah. Aim based on hours and mm-hmm. then type in, you know, they have a lot of help in there because you can put in your, what's your level of fitness? What's your, you know, all yeah. that type of stuff. Well, let's jump into it because I think, I think you're right. You know, there is, first of all, hiring a coach isn't that big a deal. It's not that big of an expense. No, people not, think of yeah. it as a huge undertaking. And I think a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to race. Well, but do you want to be good at mountain biking? Right. Right. Well, look, <laughs> when you go when you go to the gym and hire cuz each time you take a class at a gym, you're basically hiring a trainer. Yeah. Are you trying to are you trying out for CrossFit games or like yeah. Olympic competitive weightlifting? No. No, like you just need direction yeah. and a little oversight and the accountability piece. You're paying somebody for their knowledge. That's all yeah. you're doing. And and help and to help keep you to task. Inevitably, we all we all fall off task. For sure. Um so I think to jump in, you know, trainer road Zwift, obviously we need to chat about those. Um, Wahoo. I'm going to argue the Wahoo system. There, uh, I got nothing. I've, I've been playing with it a little bit. And in, in two years, it's going to be amazing. They're <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wahoo spending money right now. They uh, are. And they are, they're trying to jump right into the arena at a top. Like the RGT is yeah, trying they to They just be, bought that. That wasn't theirs. They bought that. So they're trying to be, they're trying to have the same comparable thing to Zwift yeah. with this RGT. Uh, and I played with it. And um, I, well. I, I will. It's not there yet. It's not there, but um, it did help me inform some decisions about the Rattler um, from a gear perspective as to what bike I was going to bring. Okay. Because I uploaded the course. And right. Could, it wasn't, again, it wasn't a one-to-one, but it taught me that there was a lot of pedaling sections. And I was like, okay, the, the gear that I run on a single speed, is this is not the bike for me yeah. if I want a decent time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you put Peloton in there, and I'm, I'm sorry, Peloton users. I just don't take it seriously as uh, an app for people who are racing. No, the only reason I put Peloton on there is in I'll need to know. I guess I disclaimer: I don't have a Peloton. And yeah, I haven't messed on a Peloton. I'm not talking about the bike. I'm talking about the app, right? Because right? that's where but people all- will use their Peloton with these other apps uh-huh. as a as a as their smart trainer, right? And that's the way I meant it in terms of the Peloton app. That is just your high energy, uh, what they call rhythm spin class. Mm-hmm. So like in the spectrum of spin cycling, there's rhythm spin on this side and then structured training on the far right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peloton's rhythm spin, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's fun. It's sweaty. It's soul cycle. It's like, yeah. woo, how You get a workout. You sweat. You sweat. You get a workout. Listen to some good will not bouncy you, music. <laughs> yeah. It will not make you a better cyclist. Okay. Central fitness wise, you'll probably lose weight. You do it every day. Yeah. yeah it'll make you healthier, more fit, mm-hmm. which could make you a better rider. Yes. But it's not... Mm-hmm for cycling training. So we'll just, I wanted to mention it so mm-hmm. that we know kind of where it's at. So if you're using a Peloton and taking classes and thinking you're going to be better at racing next season, you're going to want to like lean into these other apps and just use your Peloton as the piece of equipment. So I think we're mostly going to focus on trainer road, Zwift and Wahoo system. Yeah. Um, so first and foremost, I would, again, I would challenge everybody that rides bikes as their main thing that they do that wants to improve, engage a coach. It's, I mean, I'm not talking about a guy who you 
you know, you uh, offer a high level of interaction. Um, but there are coaching systems out there where they upload workouts. There's weekly, basically email check-ins. They're not crazy expensive. So if, if you don't have access to the resources basically to, to spend, you know, what could arguably be five, six, $700 a month on a, on a high level interactive coach, you can get an online coach for 30 bucks a month. Probably. Yeah. And I, you know, I do this, I do my business now because it, matches a hundred percent up with the shape and beating of my heart. Right. But I had thought, I'm like, well, I could off- always offer just these plans. Like, Hey, but not more competitively priced than that's already out there. Yeah. You know, like there's no yeah, need to space redo is already it. filled. Yeah. Like go the, the, to your point there, just Google search it and grab one. Yeah. Um, they're not hard to find. Sure. Um, so failing that having used, all of the systems that we're going to talk about to some degree. Um, I'm going to, and my, if you go find me on Strava, you will see that I will lean heavily into trainer road. Yeah. Um, the, the reason for that. So, I, you know, again, I count myself as lucky as having access to a, a coach like you and, and that this year we've used your prescribed rides and I pull the library. Right. But for somebody who is finding their way, they have the most, I don't have to think about it or know what I'm doing system, hands down. You go in and they have, um, just their system is built, you know, they'll, I'm not going to tell you how to do it, but effectively you can go in, you can set goals, uh, whether it's events or uh, a trip you know, whatever, you know, if you're not trying to race, you can say, I got this Moab trip and it's five days of riding. You can put how many hours a day you're going to be. And then it'll literally spit out. If it's nine months from now till then, it'll spit out a, a, a program for you. And then you have erg mode on your bike. And so you would just have to basically hit play Yep. each day that has you ride. Yep. Yeah. Um, some you- thing, some things that are great that really, that, are a great substitute for having a human coach or they've built in a lot of features that scale workouts. So from when I started using it a few years ago to now, um, after every workout, you take a survey. It's like, a basically an, an easy through max effort survey. Um, and it adjusts your progression levels within an energy system. And so, um, when I do, so like I had a, they also do AI FTP detection, which I like cause I don't waste a workout. I just get, I like, I think it's time to check my, my FTP. It spits out a number. Um, but effectively I did a threshold workout with my new FTP and it was like, the interval, the power wasn't hard, but the duration of the intervals were. So at the end of that workout, I put very hard. It said, why I said time of intensity hit save. My next threshold workout was a lot of work at, or a lot of, uh, work at threshold, but the durations shrunk down with a little bit more rest. So I was still doing FTP work, but it shrunk those. So it scales based on, um, how you felt for a given effort. 
Um, and then if you miss a workout, it also scales the, like, let's say you have four workouts in a week, you do your first one, you miss your second one. It'll scale the workouts for the rest of the week automatically up or down or, you know, based on your input. So it is as easy as easy can be. If you're not feeling confident about your knowledge of how to get yourself fit. Does it allow you to input also, Hey, maybe I don't just do the indoor riding. Like maybe I also do put the gym work in. Maybe I did engage a coach for that or I'm doing it on my own. Does it allow you to put in days like, Oh, you know, I do gym work this day and this day, or does it account for any of that? Or is it assuming your whole workout program is just the bike? All it does is it says it asks you to pick, um, when you're building your, your, your plan or when it's building your plan, I should say, um, it just asks you how many hours a week are you going to commit to low, mid or high volume? Um, and then it'll let you move. Like when it's building your calendar before you hit save, it'll let you say, if I've got three workouts a week, what days you want them on. And it leaves your calendar open for outdoor rides, gym work, hiking, skiing, whatever. So it, it allows you to, to say, Hey, you know, Tuesday, Wednesdays are my days at the gym. So I'll make my cycling days, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So and the reason I asked that setup question was because people who are just using this, but also doing other stuff, uh, most software, and that's what I assumed the answer was most software doesn't account for the other stuff. So say you do your other, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I do the rides indoors because Tuesday, Thursday, I do gym work. Well, if, if Friday is a threshold ride on your ride pro- program, but Thursday is your lower body strength day in the gym. Yeah. Like, I mean, as, as your coach, I would argue you can still Go do, ahead, it. do it, but, um, <laughs> intuitively yeah, you would, you wouldn't. And also, or if you went to, you'd be like, God, I'm so sore. And maybe you wouldn't feel it and, right. and find like, man, every Friday, I just can't do the workout. And mm-hmm. so, um, if you're using these programs, I think being aware of what you do outside of it is super important. And say you like to go skiing with the family on the weekends, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Friday is not the best day for the three hour indoor ride. So just, I think everyone should step back a foot or two when you're building that plan and, and really look and open your eyes and say, have I accounted for all of these other variables that can help me be successful? And I think that'll go with any of these. Like yeah, I, that, think you're right. I don't think that's unique to trainer road. I think it's any of them. It's just like in that 30,000 foot view of your, of your life, you know, how does my cycling training sync up with my gym work, sync up with my time with the family and, and so on. So, yeah, I had a, a couple weeks ago, there was the Colorado state cyclocross championships was on Saturday and I haven't raced cyclocross all year, but I was in town and I have a single speed cross bike. And I was like, man, this'd be kind of fun to go and do. But the day before I coached a cycle class at E3 <laughs> at 830 and then at 10, the Dawn to Dust guys came in and we did a workout that had interval runs on the treadmill and like full body work. And I did them back to back. So I had like two and a half hours of in gym work. Not how you go win state championships. No, it's not how you, well, it's not how you go and perform your best at yeah. state championship the next day. Could I have gone and done it? Yes. Could I have done it effectively in the way I want to at full potential? No. And with training, our focus should always be putting your best effort for the given task at hand. Yeah. Right. And so going into the gym on three hours of sleep, 
it's better just to stay home and sleep. Yeah. Right? Just rest. Yeah. So You clearly need it. <laughs> exactly. So I think just making sure that the time you schedule in the app and in your program is for optimal time. Yes, it, this is a, applies for everything, but I notice it most with Trainer Road because I would say Trainer Road is the data dorks indoor oh, platform. Without a doubt. Zwift is the social party dude gamers uh-huh. indoor platform. And so I love that you pointed out that you love Trainer Road. The other people that I know love Trainer Road are all shades of gray from you. Yeah. Right? Like data, data backed, really want to do like this is how I do it and this is the thing. And mm-hmm. it has a very good purpose. So I think the data dorks, which I'm like that too. I yeah. love Trainer Road. Um because I want to be purely about I'm doing something that has a very specific intent and purpose for me to be better. Yeah. Um, an important thing to mention about Trainer Road is it is BYOE. Bring yeah. your own entertainment. You need to it, find your own visuals. Or music. Like I there are workouts. I don't do it very frequently, but there are workouts that I'll do with just loud music. Just me and the intervals and something loud and aggressive. It doesn't yeah. happen frequently, but uh-huh. I, I have one of these uh, JBL party boxes, mm-hmm. like portable speakers, mm-hmm. and it's set up in my basement directly in front of the spin bike. Just blow your hair back. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is Michael J. Fox. <laughs> uh, so I have it right there. I loved that scene, dude. When he <laughs> links up that yeah, one riff on that guitar, airborne. Yeah. Um, I have it directly in front of the bike, and it's got a lights feature, so yeah. it has like laser lights, you know? Oh, yeah. As much as I was just clowning rhythm spin... That part is fun. Turn all the lights off. And hey, man, sometimes you just got to find a way to get turned up, dude. Max volume, like Diplo, just raging yeah. on the bike. That's probably my favorite way to do trainer road yeah. workouts. Yep. Yeah. I, um, I was doing, uh, the workout that I had a, a pretty intense hour and a half threshold workout on a Saturday night. Um, and I, yes, folks, you heard that right. The McClellans get <laughs> lit on Saturday night at their house. Like, if you're looking for social engagement and atmosphere, that's the house to be at. They party. Yeah, it's just a big deal over there. <laughs> hey, man, I'm good with it. Faster than you. <laughs> um, so you're doing one and I'm a half doing hour. This, I had, and it was short, like way above threshold, and then it tapered down into long, just below threshold. So. At the end of each set, it was three sets. At the end of each set was five minutes at like 95% of FTP. And my headphones died. Uh-oh. Um, like just before the last two or three intervals of the last set. And I do have a Sonos soundbar downstairs. So I cranked it up. And then I was really, I mean, it was a bit of a knife fight to get through that last couple of sets. And so... I went into like schizophrenic. I need music that is perfect for me to suffer like this mode. And I don't even remember the song. Like it was like master of puppets and then like a trick daddy song. And then like a cover of separate ways. And later on Molly comes, I go upstairs and she goes, are all three of those songs on the same playlist? (laughs) 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 It was total schizophrenic music mode, but like I needed to, I, I, I had to, to get in that headspace. Well, and especially because the whole ride was already in that, yeah, in that vibe, you know. So, yeah. I, uh, I do think it's it's really hard to to change intro ride like energies like that. Yeah. Um, just a little aside, but every now and again I'll be riding. I'll spend the day. It's it's a ride with Abby day, 
And at a point, she'd be like, hey, if you just want to go and like hammer up that hill on your own, like I'll just meet you later. That's fine. Like I've already kind of been in the ride with Abby mode. So I can't just automatically flip a switch and go do a threshold hill climb. Like it just doesn't, like I'm just here today, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, You know, the flip side, it's hard to do the opposite, right? So yeah, I can imagine that just rifling through your playlist. I was just, I kept hitting skip until something came on that was right. (laughs) Can I just get Kung Fu fighting, please? Yeah. Um, So Trainer Road has a lot of great stuff. Um, You can, and I feel like I watch it with uh, some of our, our, our more obsessed teammates where you can get in trouble too. Um, from a overtraining perspective. Yeah. And that's why I, you know, I was kind of hinting at that when I'm talking about accounting for the other stuff going on in your life. Yeah. We had a rider last year on the team uh, who got into overtraining on the mm-hmm. indoor. Mm-hmm. And then when the first outdoor race came to play, uh, he talked a bit about, you know, I just didn't have the bike handling skills mm-hmm. because the, the first race of the year was chunky and technical mm-hmm. out in Utah. But he I'll, was also just overtrained. He was just he was just wiped out. Like you, you know, and that's why I'm saying if you're gonna use it, like have like have a real good global understanding of what you're getting into. Because the worst would be for someone like your your alley mate here, the guy who doesn't do anything in the offseason, for him to listen to this and say, Okay, I'm gonna pick one of those plans and then just get wiped. So that by the time he gets to riding outside in that first trip to Moab or the desert, he's just blasted yeah. you know that's that's super discouraging well and also i think people do sometimes like oh, i'm just gonna jump in the deep end of the pool i'm gonna do eight hours a week inside yeah i've trained a lot indoors since i moved here in 2004 there's a lot of hours indoors yeah and you know i look at what my current weeks look like and i think back to even what my weeks look like at the beginning of dawn to dusk as far as indoor hours or just training hours period um, and then rewind that back to the, the year of lockdown pandemic stuff and what that looked like. And you don't just jump into training inside eight to 10 hours a week. You just don't, you just don't, your brain ain't ready for it. No. I, and, and I'll leave it as an admission, you know, I went from 15 to 20 hour weeks and then just these last few weeks, just with schedule and with being here in Denver and not out on the road and five, six, seven hours of indoor riding. Again, it's harder for me to muster than 20 hours outdoors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's coming from somebody who's super experienced rider. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Be realistic. Be realistic. You know? Uh, so to wrap up trainer road, I think it's super effective if you don't have anyone guiding your hand from the cycling side of like, maybe you already work with a personal trainer, but they're not a cycling coach, whatever the case is. I think it's got a lot of great tools, uh, for results driven, data driven people, um, who need the easy button when it comes to picking a plan and, and it lays it out as far as like base build and specialty and all that sort of stuff. Um, that's, That's kind good. of my summary on, on trainer road. I love it. I use it. It's what I use the most. Um, it's the combination of you rec, you know, you building, Hey, this workout on that day. And then just the library, just the sheer library of workouts that they have, I think has produced a lot of good results for me from the indoor perspective. 
my recap is it's it's data dork driven for sure. So if you want to do the data dork thing and yeah. be very specific, that's a good one to do. I also will say another another element to it. I think it most accurately accounts for miles ridden in a given ride mm. being most like mm-hmm. an outdoor ride. Okay. Um, because it doesn't play the elevation game. It's a whole power-based system yep. that I think when you do finish a ride, and if it is important to you to have yearly goals or monthly or weekly goals based on mileage and not just time, uh, I think it correlates really well to riding a road bike outside. Mm-hmm. And on so, flat terrain. Yeah, 21.83 miles in an hour was probably pretty challenging, and it would be challenging on a flat road outside mm-hmm. to do 21.83 miles an hour. Like, it's not your hardest effort ever, but it's definitely not off. Sure. Um, things get goofy when we go into the virtual world. So let's uh, switch over to Zwift. Let's go to the metaverse. Uh, <laughs> is Zuckerberg going to sue us for that? <laughs> Can I say? No, I think metaverse is now a term. No, I think that's his. That's still his? I don't know. So what if somebody know. owns a home? You know, you Most buy- importantly, I don't care. <laughs> I may care a little bit because people are buying homes in the metaverse. Yeah. Um, like with real money, you're buying... Nope. Bikes. Sp- Let's talk about bikes. Buying virtual <laughs> homes. Uh, so Zwift is... It's a gamified indoor... Dude, it is Disneyland. It is. It is so fun. It is stupid amount of fun. And I, much like my... Full on, like complete role reversal on e-bikes. Mm-hmm. Three days into my one week free trial, I was like, "Okay, I get it, it was mm-hmm. Swift, dude. Like, this is a playground. This yeah. is fun, super fun. It is crazy fun. Uh, as a gamer, uh, I do love that I can earn XP. I can, if I'm riding, you can get little like power ups that like make you lightweight or like draft better or any number of things. Um, you can unlock new jerseys, new you know riding kits, helmets, bikes. I mean, if you are if you need something to occupy your brain while you're riding your bike inside, bruh, it is so good and it is so fun. Remember the first time uh, Mario sixty four was the first video game, at least for me, that uh-huh. you had. Complete, like, there's a, probably a name for it. Like, you could do the whole landscape. Oh, like open world kind of thing. Open world, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I knew there was like some nerd term for it. Yeah, <laughs> so the, you could go anywhere. Like, oh, I want to go left. I want to go up. I want to see what's behind this tree. Mm-hmm. What's, and there was actually something behind the tree. Yeah. Um, and I remember playing that for the first time, and, and it, it blew me away, which is probably why when I think of a video game, I think of Mario 64. Like, yeah. of all video games in the world. Yeah. It's because just the it was, one that grabbed you. It was so revolutionary to me. And I've like fell ass backwards into it, and then was this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't a gamer, and then I played it, and I was like, whoa. Um, consequently, I haven't really moved past that one. I haven't had any new gen <laughs> like, stuff. That's what we call Arrested Development. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what Zwift felt like the first time I did it. I was like, holy crap, this is indoor training, but yeah, like I can stay entertained for like a really long time uh-huh. in here. Yeah. Um, as a training tool. How have you had it? Um, so they have training plans and the most recent update is they just did an update on the app that, that did a lot of really good stuff. Um, it doesn't have as much like AI function as trainer road does as far as 
increasing or decreasing or adjusting your workouts, workout over workout. So you got to be a little bit more on rail. Like you have to be more in charge of, of tracking how you feel and doing the appropriate work. Um, but what I do really, really like is it has an amazing, so good library. There's tons of just like, how do you, you know, they have, you know, FTP builder, six week FTP builder. They have, they have all these plans. Um, and literally you just go through the progression. And if it's six weeks, you have six weeks worth of workouts, you do them, you don't do them. There's no real accountability. There's no adjustment adjustment for missed workouts or anything like that. Uh, so you kind of have to be your, your own, uh, guiding light when it comes to that sort of thing. What I do love about it is it has a super, super effective workout builder. Oh, so if you want to build your own workout. So if you, even if you told me, you're like, hey man, you need to do this set of intervals in this order for this duration with this amount of warm up and this amount of cool down, I want you riding it. This, if you outlined it for me, yep. I can go in and within minutes, I can build it pretty quickly, upload it, and then I can do it in open world. So you you could be rolling through the streets of Paris. You ever see if you ever if ne- next time you do a Zwift ride, if you see somebody ride by and they have a little screen in front of their bike, okay, it means they're doing a workout. Oh, cool! Um, and the color of their screen will tell you if it's zone one through six. So if they ride by and their their screen shows green, they're doing basically an endurance work at that point. Um, so that's really cool. Yeah, and so that's we didn't tap on that for those that haven't played with Zwift. You're not the only one on the screen. Yeah, you avatar. You have your avatar, but then there's people from all over the world. All over the world, thousands of them could be in the same world. Yep. Um, so, things I do like about Zwift. I know the virtual elevation thing is a polar as as polarizing a topic as you know socks over under your leg warmers, aero bars on gravel bikes. Like it is one of those things where like nobody has a soft opinion on it. Right. I'll say, I don't care. Um, what I will say. And one of the things that I thought was so cool is that it, and maybe you just haven't experienced it yet. You need, I need to find a way to let you ride Zwift with erg mode. Right. And that's why I counter That's why I think the elevation thing's wonky. Yeah. Dude, it feels um, but, very realistic. So Zwift, as, as I understand it, with erg mode, Zwift simulates everything. Yeah. Uphills, downhills, drafts. Yeah. Um, Actually, yeah. You, you, to, to take advantage of those, you ride them not in erg mode. Oh. So you're using gears. And that's why it feels so stinking real, man. Like when oh, it wow. says you're going up a 15% grade and it, you can – I use a Wahoo bike um, – and in that Wahoo bike, I can pick, I have different bike profiles, whether I'm on my mountain bike or my road bike or my gravel bike. And if I'm going up a 15% grade in my 3251, it feels like I'm going up a 15% grade. Oh, my, wow, and, really I ha- cool. and you have to shift around to like make to get it, to it to get to it. And it feels hyper realistic. And that's why if somebody like gun to my head said, do you want to count Zwift elevation? I would say yes, because it feels like it. Granted, gotcha. there's some components that are missing, like gravity actually pulling you down. But failing that, man, feels the same. It feels the same. Wow, that was that wow with that inflection was me saying I'm open to being 
showing another way, another <laughs> opinion. I'll see the other side. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because that's that's where I think that neither you nor I would argue over this. Like, do understand we think riding outside is much more realistic bike riding because than, it's real life. Because it's real life. Um, so that, like that's There's a, that part. <laughs> yeah, we you know, that didn't need to be spoken, but we just done said it. Yeah. Uh, but as long as it's like accurately forcing you to do the work mm-hmm. of a climb, mm-hmm. could I see it being all right? Like, I mean, sure. Do I think the dude outside climbing a real hill is getting even stronger than the dude inside climbing an artificial hill? Probably, mm. if he's doing it in a training mode. But if you go and just kind of cold weather climb lookout or you interval style indoor simulate climb lookout the indoor guy actually probably did get stronger so it's always about the approach um i always apply so whatever and this will be overarching for any of the indoor programs is i think that the biggest component is yeah okay do the interval do the climb do the whatever the biggest component is build, you build so much mental toughness doing lots of indoor training. I oh, really dude. believe it. You are absolutely right. <laughs> because if you take the ability to ride indoor hard a lot of times for long periods over the whole season, and then you sprinkle in the magical world of actually being outside, all of the outside stuff, with the exception of a headwind, are going to just make it easier to do that work that you already had. Dude, I got six marshmallows yesterday. That's how good <laughs> our ride was. And I'd done, I mean, I've literally been training nine-ish hours a week indoors for the last seven weeks. Right. And then you went and rode Buff Creek yesterday and I went outside. Rode, dude, those marshmallows were the best marshmallows I've ever had. Enjoyed all of them. Every single How easy was bike riding yesterday? It was so easy. Yeah. Did you look at my my zone? It's so easy. <laughs> Mountain biking becomes really easy. When you've done all that hard and stuff. it was with a headwind the whole time, and I didn't get mad at the wind once. Do you see why I'm saying committing to something? Because yeah. that's what you've done, and you've just made the sport. Like, you've, you've become a better rider riding indoors because you've been focused, right? You've, had, you've built it up. Yep. Um, um, that yeah, was so cool to see. I, 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 so, so everybody understands, I, I carry a Zwift membership during the winter as well. So I have trainer road and I pepper in Zwift. Um, and the last thing that I'll touch on with Zwift is racing. Well, and that was, I think the biggest thing for me is the difference between the two mm-hmm. would be the, the potential that Zwift can be to keep your, you know, I talked about racing every month. Mm-hmm. Um, why do I race every month? Because I don't like being home. Not necessarily. <laughs> uh, I love racing every month because I, I don't have a skill that you have when it comes to training. You can go and train just as hard of a demand as a race is for you. I have such a hard time getting to that level in my training. Mm-hmm. And so racing is the only time I know I can tap into that that top. Like, what is my 100% mm-hmm. of effort? Mm-hmm. It only happens on races. No matter how much I care about a training event, uh, I, I just I – just, I can't, I just, just can't, can't, get, can't do I, it. I just can't. And it's, it's, yeah. you know, I know why actually, uh, Abby and I watched on HBO max. You can watch the, uh, 2022 rock and roll hall of fame induction ceremony that happened a couple weeks ago. Okay. 
and HBO is the one that produced and released it just uh, this last week. And Eminem was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I watched his, he performs like four songs and then does his acceptance speech after Dr. Dre introduces him. Okay. And I know I wasn't alone, like Middle West, Midwest white boy sitting there and watching Eminem go into the Hall of Fame. His like maturation as an artist in the angst in his songs was kind of like my maturation as a person. Right. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like that. Yeah, that's exactly how it was. Like it was, cra- like I was watching this and I was getting goosebumps. And as it was finishing up, I wanted to go put shoes on and just run that way for like as long <laughs> as I could. Totally, <laughs> I was all jacked up. That like that power that fueled him to do what he did is the power that fuels me in a race, and I just can't quite get it in my training. Yeah, and so Zwift offers that. They offer not just races. Race series, race circuits, yeah. race teams, race programming. Like there's a whole that I think that was probably the biggest draw for a lot of competitive indoor riders. Yeah. I mean, there is a Zwift, there's a recognized Zwift world champion. Yeah. So, and national champions yeah, and, and the whole thing. So um, you know, if you want to keep that pencil sharp, if you want to keep those max effort races as something that that you can do. You know, right now, for with being in retail, it being the holiday season, I'm kind of stuck in Colorado. Like me going down to Don to Dusk is a little bit of a stretch, yep. but it's worth it, right? Um, and if you're in a situation where you want to race and you can't go find a race, and let's face it, it's kind of hard to find races even in the warm parts of the country right. in the winter. Um, you can race on Zwift, and by all accounts. I haven't done one yet. Um, I should probably do one soon. Um, it's hard. Yeah, so I know some guys that race. Uh, I actually know a guy that I think he won the first that they had recognized national championship for uh-huh. indoor. And they actually get those guys together from across the country, and they'll go. I know that this one was inside of a velodrome, I believe, in Indianapolis. And they brought them all there with their smart trainers and bikes, and they competed side by side for the national championship. It was cool. It was cool. Um, there's some neat things about it. It takes your workout history and your like your power, your success as an athlete, and it makes you race categories based on your strength, mm-hmm. not based on. So there's no sandbagging. No, yeah, you're you when you sign up, your it's, data. it's like you know what's your watts per kg, yeah, and that you you can be a, a dirtbag piece of crap and go race in a lower category, but for a few. But once it gets the data, yeah, you're pumped up. Yeah, so. Uh, uh, I knew some guys that were like, man, I want the race effort, but I just don't feel like getting after. And well, they can't. They you're racing an A, bro. You're an yeah, A. You're sorry, no way around yeah, it. Race A. Um, um, so the race thing's a, a real big differentiator. Yeah, I would say that the thing Zwift brings to the table the most would be entertainment in the whole virtual world. Mm-hmm. It's it's a game. It's a video game. It, it was it was tons of fun. I used it that whole week. Mm-hmm. I had a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so much fun. It was much like cocaine for me when I tried that a few times. I knew I shouldn't hang around with it too much. Hey, like, it's pretty just, awesome. I should probably stop. I think I just admitted to that. On, I mean, like, this is the, we, we've talked about your history. <laughs> uh, you're like, there's just certain people like, that should not be a yeah. thing in, in life yeah. because it's, whoa. And for me, gaming is a thing I've intentionally avoided um, because I like to you'll, win. You'll get obsessed. I mean, flower sniffing champion of the world, right? Of the world. Yeah. So uh, I had to walk away from it because I could fall way into it. Yeah. So I think for gamers, super cool. Mm-hmm. But for racers, I think also 
super cool. So a little bit weak on the training side in the sense of like building a training plan. Yeah. Um, and maybe a little distracting too. Yeah. Right. Because if it has all of these glitz and glams, mm-hmm. you could get away from like the real purpose of being there. So just to take one step back, I was saying to take advantage of all like the realism that Zwift brings to the table, you have to turn erg mode off. When you build workouts, you can turn like I do my workouts. If I do a workout on Zwift, click turn, go, turn erg mode back on. So then you can just focus on, Hey, I need to be doing this effort for this time. And it's a little infuriating if you're a competitive person by nature, because you know, people will be passing you and you can't chase them. <laughs> yeah. I had that experience. Uh, that wasn't cool. I hate being passed. Um, but Zwift, I think provides a really cool, realistic experience. Uh, you mentioned the drafting thing also, like it works, it works, it works in like your pedaling gets easier. You go the same speed. You can tuck in behind somebody like it, their software engineers, the guys who are the, I should say the people who are developing the way that the program talks to a smart trainer or smart bike is absolutely mind blowing. Like they actually ride, they must ride bikes. They, they, they must no way understand they don't. it. Yeah. There's no way they don't. Um, uh, the other thing that we, we didn't touch on with Zwift, um, man, I just like totally spaced on this, but the other thing we didn't, we didn't touch on about being a benefit outside of that real world feel is if you've never done like mass start races or say you're a mountain bike racer and you want to get into gravel racing mm-hmm. that has a lot of road tactics to it. It's actually a really cool platform to learn tactics in mm-hmm. because if you do these simulated races, I mean, you have a safe way of understanding like what is it, what are attacks? How do you bridge? How do you counter? How, there's a lot of like road stuff that you've talked about for years. I'm like, I don't really understand it. And I've learned it mm-hmm. that you could learn in that sort of environment without the risk of crashing a whole Peloton. Right. 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 <laughs> um, Wahoo system so far feels to me with the addition of RGX, a blend of trainer road and Zwift, but, and I didn't say it'll be awesome in two years to be mean. I just being realistic. So here's why I, so I use Wahoo system. Mm -hmm. So I'll say their training plans are great, Yeah, but as a total package, I think yeah. it'll be amazing in two years. It would. I would say the reason that it's not amazing, it's just a little clunky. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't separated. The system app is separate from the RGX mm-hmm. app. RGX is like their world. Yep. Um, it's their version of Zwift. It's their version of Zwift. I jumped into that. I started playing around. It got a little confusing. Like my, I think I had an issue like getting all my sensors to match up just right. And then I started going and then it wasn't pushing my data the right way. And so I just, that anytime technology is clunky, it gets really frustrating and it makes me want to just stop. I'm out, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll say this. If this episode hasn't brought it to the forefront of everybody's mind, I'm pretty freaking well-versed at this indoor stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, and RGX was a little clunky for me. Yeah. So if you don't have the patience or the knowledge or the understanding, it's going to feel bad. Um. The one thing that I really like RGX for right now is the ability to upload a route. And in five minutes, you can go ride that route. That's cool. Um, and that's what I used it for. I, I kind of alluded to it a little bit with Austin Rattler. There was some debate 
about riding at single speed versus not single speed. Um, hot take. I probably would have gotten third place single speed if I had raced single speed. Right. At Rattler. I agree. Um, but I used RGX to, um, to kind of make a decision and it's on road. So it doesn't have the same speed to it, but it gave me an accurate feel for the climbs and the L like the, the pitches and the, it allowed me to make a decision based on the more rolling fast sections of the the race where I was like, man, I, I only run a 30, 22 on my single speed and I probably wouldn't have had to walk a single climb, but I'd have been in a bad way for 30% of the course. Yeah. I, yeah. And so I used RGX. It, it was that. a really cool tool in that unique, super hyper unique situation. Um, but I think that's kind of what they hang their hat on right now is what they call magic roads, the ability to upload a GPX. And literally in five minutes, you get an email back and it says your route's ready and you go load it and you go ride it. What was your visual when you were riding that? It just, it was generic roads and trees and gotcha. I mean, it, it wasn't, it didn't but look. But you still had your avatar and you were Yeah, I still had my little yeah. avatar guy and there was people, like once you create it, um, people can just, if they see it, they can join on it. So even though it was cool. a, a route that I only built for me, other people like jumped into it. Um, so there's still people on course. There's still people to chase, you know, um, neat. The system side of it, which I have very limited experience with in the way that, and I think that that kind of parallels with how this has worked. I'm always going into indoor training for a very specific style of a workout because mm -hmm. like, Hey, I'm here for this skill set or this strength development I want to work on. And, um, it can give me the opportunity to pull that off the library. And then all of my tech, because I also use a Wahoo computer on my outdoor bikes mm -hmm. and everything talks to Strava the same way and everything. Mm -hmm. It just felt very smooth. To, like I'm just in the same world. It's like the Apple thing. Exactly. They got you. They got you. They got you in the ecosystem. I'll argue the reason I probably use system is because I have a Wahoo bike computer. Sure. You know, it's like, it just makes sense. It's like, Didn't oh, it's I give easy. you a code for a free year also? I mean, a hundred percent use that. <laughs> and, and, I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, yes, uh, you did, and uh, yes, I use it. Uh, <laughs> That's a pretty big incentive. I mean, it's a massive incentive. So, if anybody has a free one year Zwift code, I may be singing a different like, tune I, on the yeah, next like, step. I use I'll, Zwift. I'll listen. <laughs> uh, but it just—it's super easy. There's a massive library, the great filter technique to find this exact style workout mm -hmm. that I want. And, and is there a workout library growing? Because I feel like, and I, I apologize for interrupting, but like I feel like when Wahoo bought Sufferfest, there was Sufferfest had a catalog of like forty workouts, and you just kind of rotated them. Yeah, that, and that's all that it has grown now. There are hundreds okay. and hundreds of workouts okay. now on there, and I just really noticed that this indoor season, I was like, holy crap! Because I was like There's scrolling more. And I'm like, I'm still scrolling. And then mm -hmm. I had to use the filter feature to mm -hmm. get kind of what I wanted. Mm -hmm. So they've put in a lot more. Um, Does it still have all like the pro tour background yep. stuff? And it's got the, like the other day I did a ride and it had, it was just a tour of Rabbit Mountain, which is right here mm -hmm. um, in, in the front range. Yeah. Yeah. So Wahoo System was Sufferfest, which was then became Suff Cycling and then Wahoo bought it. And... We used Sufferfest at E3 for yeah. three seasons? Yeah. Something like that? 
Um, the workouts are good. And from the entertainment perspective, cause they all have some sort of entertainment right. thing, right? Cheesy or otherwise. Um, it's got pro races going on a, as the video component. Yeah. So, in you, the, so you don't have to find your own entertainment. And in generally, in, the music is pretty good. And the music is the playlist. Actually, I use, I still coach like some of those Sufferfest uh, profiles, like mm-hmm. Into Thin Air or mm-hmm. Thin Air. Mm-hmm. I actually just used their their playlist was better than the mm-hmm. playlist I could have built. Yeah. Um, there so was, you can find some of those on like Spotify and stuff, yep, right? Yeah. yeah. You can type them in. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the, the tour aspect on system, like you can watch different videos that there's kind of tours of all the classic climbs from mm, all the big grand tours and, all that sort of stuff, yeah. and you can go and do it. And that's really neat to see. And so there, there's, you know, actually you learn some stuff. Like it's kind of cool. So it is, you're right though. It's a good middle spot between the two, mm-hmm. um, provides structured training, provides the, you know, the, the metaverse world to play into. I'm mm-hmm. going to keep using it. I don't care. Yeah, Zuckerberg, fine. come it's... get some. I could beat Mark in a fist fight. Yeah. <laughs> but he would hire like 20,000 goons. He could beat you in a lawyer fight. <laughs> yeah. He already won. I just moved to like Guatemala yeah. instead. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of a cool one in the middle. Um, and the draw for me is that I'm just familiar with the software and the tech and it kind of matches up. And so yeah. that's why I picked that one. Yeah. So. Bottom line is they're all good. They're all good. And uh, I think just knowing how you're going to use them, you know, the way you use it as, as, as a full replacement and it works really well for you. And because I have some understanding on what my program needs weekly, I use it as a spot jump in for a very specific, almost work purely workout based effort. It's the same as going and doing a deadlift session for you. Totally. That's what the, like the interval work is, is treated the exact same way. And actually it slots in my program for the week with either preparedness beforehand or recovery afterwards the same way Yeah, as a heavy gym session. I think most importantly is, and we've said this last winter, we said the winter before that, it's not off season, it's training season. Yeah, it's just training season. You get to go and do the work that you can't do when you're like, oh man, we got a big ride tomorrow, I can't get after it today in the summertime or whatever it may be. So do the work, man. Like this is, I, I encourage everyone that I work with, I'm like, hey, what you do between now and the start of next race season can be the differentiator. Once the race season starts, there's not going to be a lot of stuff to do. Yeah, This is the time to do the work. So when you line up for your first race, you're like, these guys didn't do the work I did. Yeah. And that yeah. brings a lot of confidence. Lining up, you know, we did a Dawn to Dust workout over at Ruby Hill. And one of the things that you said at, during that workout stuck with me, which was like, man, when, when you line up, you can say with confidence that the guys that you lined up next to didn't do what you did to get ready for this. They right. did not put in this work. And I think this that applies to this as well. Yeah, and, and why is that important? Because confidence at the start line is the number one thing to have. Your ceramic speed, pull, oversized pulleys, don't mean as much as the confidence that you can bring. Yeah. And, and you have to earn it, though. Like, you have to earn confidence. And this is time, so go earn it. There it is. I got nothing else. That's I, it. I think we're good. We're uh, good. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, I guess feel free to reach out um, on the socials. Um, no Ride Around on Instagram. Uh, no ride around at gmail.com. Um, if you have any questions on this stuff, happy to answer them the best I, that we can. Justin's probably going to be better than I will, but I'll do what I can. I don't know. He knows like a lot about this stuff. <laughs> See you guys. Right, thanks. Don't